Fulham Cassius, Mark Tibbs. <sighs> Ten rounds in the bank. Ten in the bank, yeah, it was a... Uh, Ten in the bank, yeah. but uh, I expected him to give him a round to tell the truth. But um, there was last three rounds that we nearly had him, but you know it might not have been wise not because you know a bit of weight, a bit heavy in that. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, but overall, you pleased? It's quite kind of. I'm pleased with the win. I'm pleased with the experience, and uh, no, we can do better than that. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm going to be honest tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? But. But, but you know he won it convincingly. He won it convincingly. But uh, yeah. But I think mentally for him this year, after everything that's happened, Mark, it, it yeah, was important. I'm very, I'm very hard. You're right. You yeah. Reminded me. Yeah. With what he's been through, the pressure and the stress, you know, he's done incredible. He's done incredible. So you know, he can't be hard on himself. And I, I, you know, it's not fair to me to be hard on him. But uh, it's been tough all round, you know. Mm. But it's good to end the year on a positive oh, note, of a win uh, for Dylan. Like I said to you, we know considering obviously what's happened in the last 24 hours that next year now yeah, is absolutely. double important absolutely no that's right we uh it, you know we've had a good bit of news the last couple of days and and this is the icing on the cake so yeah but no we, we uh we've got a bit of work to do but we're going to do it mm. we ain't, we've done it before and we'll do it again mm. yeah the whole team must be pleased that there has been uh kind of a resolution that's been put out there for the yeah. people to see that you can have yeah, cleared him we, of we, any wrongdoing. Yeah, well, we, all, we, we know all, all along. We know all along because we work with him. You know, we, we know his habits. We know everything about him. We know how methodical he is, and, and you know what, you know what a, a diligent trainer and athlete he is. So, so yeah. So we, we was uh, we was over the moon with yesterday's news, and yeah, fantastic, fantastic ten rounds in the bank today, tonight. Yeah. It would be good just to kind of, obviously aside from tonight, to kind of just put the last six months in the past yeah. and kind of moving into next year now nearly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because he has, he's, he's been through it for the last yeah, six months. Yes, I mean, yes. I spoke to him and he was considering whether he even yeah. wanted to box again. Yeah, That's yeah. how serious he no, was. He was, he was, he was. He's, uh, he's been in a dark place for a long, long while and uh, he took some stick, you know what I mean? But uh, he could, like you're saying, put that, put that all in the past now and uh, look forward to New Year, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're right, though, Mark. All yeah, good. Yeah, good. I'm good. Tired. 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 <laughs> it's lovely out there. It's been a great experience. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's been incredible, and the, the, the salaries have been great to us, and uh, the whole thing's been been brilliant. Been brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pleased. I'm pleased with him. I'm pleased he's got them rounds under his belt. Yeah, like yeah. I said, it's good yeah. to end the year for Dylan and, and your whole team, really, yeah. uh, on yeah. a positive note. Yeah. All right, Mark. Thank Thanks, you very much for your time, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you really soon. Good man, Coach. Top Cheers, man. Mate. Thanks, Mark. This is Andy Poroff, Boxing Social, and I'm glad to by Johnny Nelson, former World Cruiserweight Champion. The morning after, the night before, Anthony Joshua regained the Unified World Heavyweight titles. Johnny, how are you doing? I'm good. I really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed the night. I'm really happy for, for Joshua and his team. Um, uh, I think for the state of our game, for the state of boxing, it was a must win for him. And uh, I, he handled his responsibilities like a champion. And um, everything happens for a reason. And I think the loss itself was probably, in hindsight, the best thing that could have happened to him. Because, one, he's now in the history books, being the fourth heavyweight to regain the heavyweight title in his first defence after losing it. Uh, I mean, regain it after, uh, in a rematch, um, uh, in the first rematch. And secondly, because I think it will improve and make him respect his mindset in regards to being a professional fan and a champion. And I think... He was starting to slip in regards to his responsibilities of a champion before Ruiz won. He paid a heavy price, but fortunately he was in a position to to uh, to rectify that. Just talk to me about the fight and break it down. We obviously saw a different size Anthony Joshua last night. Boxed a lot more comfortably, moving around the ring, stuck behind his jab, and never never found himself 
fall in any traps, never look to want to really get caught it's in the centre of a ring with Andy Ruiz and trying to trade. Talk to me about the different style that Anthony Joshua showed us last night. Well, you've got through experiences to get wisdom. So we experienced uh, Andy Ruiz the first time. Many, many, many people said that Andy Ruiz was his bogeyman and there's no way he can get round what was in front of him. Ruiz, fast hands. He had, he'd been boxing since the age of six. Um, uh, he was... Uh, you'd look at him and think, you know what, he's short, he's strong, he's a lot more strong than what you think. He hurt Joshua with body shots in the first fight. But you've got to think about that first fight. Anthony Joshua boxed terrible in the first fight, and, he's, and in boxing terrible, he still had Ruiz down, being the only heavyweight to have Ruiz down in boxing terrible. Uh, quite clearly, his mind wasn't on the job. Uh, and any fighter will tell you, when you're fighting and your opponent pulls out and you have to fight a standing, you're... you're respect, expectations, your drive, your ambition uh, is no longer the same. It drops, you think, I've got no respect for him, I just want to get this over and done with. It's part of the game, but, but you had to go through something like what Anthony Joshua went through. Most of us win um, um, in, that, in that kind of fight to get the experience. I'll give you an example. Uh, Lennox Lewis when he boxed Vitaly Klitschko. Vitaly was a stand-in. Vitaly almost beat Lennox, but Lennox had the skills and the experience to, to chop him up, deal with him properly, but it was a tough fight. Um, I could go back again, and you could look at fighters like Sugar Ray Robinson losing to Randolph Turpin, it should never have happened. Again, he looked at him and thought, yeah, this is easy, but and that, what I'm saying is, uh, 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 Sugar Ray Robinson lost to Randolph Turpin because he didn't have the right, right, right mindset, then came back 68 days later and beat him. Uh, so it's about mindset, and, uh, and Anthony Joshua's mindset was not in the right place. So in, when, in it being not in the right place, he, he paid a hefty price. Unfortunately, in boxing, we have millions of bosses. It's not like working in a hotel and you, you drop some plates and your boss comes and cusses you out. Um, in boxing, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's Angelo Dundee. But you'll not see everybody in the same day. So every day you meet somebody telling you how shit you were or what you should have done and what you shouldn't have done. Um, so it's hard, um, but Anthony had to learn the hard way, and you could see physically looking at him, he committed himself back to boxing again. That was the shape Anthony Joshua, we knew. Uh, the two times when we saw Lennox Lewis lose, you see him come back in amazing shape in that fight too, because he was getting complacent. It was becoming easy for him. Um, and Anthony Joshua, he shouldn't have lost him in the first place. I'm glad he did, um, uh, because now it's made him a better fighter. When you mention mindset, how key and how much of a boost will last night have been for Anthony Joshua to have overcome the demons of June 1st in New York moving forward? No, no, I don't think I, 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 that's not the issue. Uh, I don't think that is an issue at all because he knows when he went in the first fight, his mind wasn't there, it wasn't right. So if I was he and I thought I'd gone in half-cocked, I'm thinking, that's my own fault. You know, I should never have lost to this guy. He shouldn't have lost to him. Um, so what he'll have learned from that is... is uh, he needs to be more professional in his approach and his respect of the art. Whereas, as, as in what I'm going to say that, I mean, like, and he said it himself, I stopped going about doing all these media things, you know, I was in the gym, you know, and I, I don't get fighters that, that turn up three months before a fight, train, fight, and leave. I don't get it. How do they expect to keep winning and stay on top? In our gym, we lived in the gym. You had to stay there all the time. He didn't have to train like a madman. Tick over, hit the bags, skip, shadow box, spar with the youngsters. You know, you've just got the movement, you've got the little tricks that, that, that give you all that experience and wisdom uh, from the sport. He had to do that from, from day one of losing this fight to Louise because it burnt him. And, and now I hope he's learned the lesson to say, you know what, if I want to keep improving and fast track myself over people that have had years of experience on me, this is what I've got to do. And that's what he has to do. Was you surprised at all by Andy Ruiz Jr.'s performance last night? Afterwards, in post-fight press conference, he admitted the fame kind of got to him, he'd been partying, etc., and Proper didn't commit bullshit. to it. Or... Proper bullshit. Proper bullshit. The only difference was this, and this was another thing that I said before the fight. If I give you 50 million quid, you are not, and, and so you're in a position to take care of yourself, your family, your family's family, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, Lovely cars, lovely houses, lovely jewels, all the things you've ever wanted, they're there at your hand and given to you. Anywhere you go, doors are open for your left, right and centre. So now your drive, your ambition, your focus and like to get this, to get this has gone because you've got it. 
you're not telling me that's not going to change your mindset or change your, your drive. I said, that's my only problem with Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz knew. He trained for that fight. Andy Ruiz knew exactly what he had to do for that fight. But Anthony Joshua stopped him. So don't knock Andy Ruiz's performance, because Andy Ruiz performed well. Good fast hands for, for his capability of what he can do. But Anthony Joshua, Joshua performed better and stopped him. So it's not, Andy Ruiz didn't do anything. So when he's saying I was partying, nah, he wasn't. You know, yes, he was doing the same as Anthony Joshua was doing, opening, you know, going to all these openings and being a celeb, instead of locking him off. That was his mistake. Being a world champion is not just about being a world champion, it carries responsibilities. And only very few can carry the responsibility and stay champion and defend and defend and defend. It's a responsible position to have. It's not just about, there's only five world champions that believe they are the best in the world. Only five out of all the champions that are there. And that's because they understand the responsibility of being a champion. There's not many of them around anymore. I knew my responsibility when I was a champion. I had to, I had to think and fight and train like a, cha and train like a challenger. Stay hungry, live in the gym, and there's only very few of them that are managed to manage to do that and make bots in their life. And Anthony Joshua had to learn the hard way. So when Ruiz is saying I was partying and I thought it'd be easy and I was training myself, bullshit, proper bullshit, proper bullshit. He needs an excuse and he's saying let's do a third fight. There ain't going to be no third fight. He had his chance and and he should have grasped it, but he just didn't take on the responsibilities that come with with being champion. I won't ask you if you'd be interested in my third fight because I think that's uh, clear there. Moving forwards, after AJ's win last night, how would you rank the three leading heavyweights, AJ, Wilder and Fury? How would you again, rank Again, it? it doesn't change. I'd, I'd put AJ at the bottom because he's lost out of the three of them. But one of the other two are going to lose soon in their next fight and it depends on how the loss comes about. Uh, Wilder's the biggest puncher in the world ever. Ever. We've seen him in two fights losing and that punch has taken him out. We've seen him do it many times before. So, so he's in the world ever, as far as I'm concerned, the biggest puncher ever, if he hits you. Because we've seen him being, able, being outboxed. Technically, the best is Tyson Fury. The all-rounder that has that punch power and the boxing ability is Anthony Joshua. But is his, is his punch power bigger than Wilder's? Is his boxing ability better than Fury's? So anybody can be anybody. So again, you could say this man's the top, but now you can't put Anthony Joshua at the top, but you, but you, can, you can make an argument for him because he, he tweaked what he had to do. And now he's experienced the loss and he's come back from it. Now they're thinking, shit, one of those two are thinking it's going to happen to me next. How am I going to deal with it? Finally, Johnny, before I do let you shoot off, how much credit does Rob McCracken deserve and AJ for sticking with him? Massive, massive. And Anthony Joshua, uh, loyalty is everything in this game as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I stuck with my train all the way through my career and many people were in my ear telling me to get rid of him uh, and when I'd heard people saying Anthony Joshua should get rid of Rumble Cracking uh, I, I thought he's a nice guy AJ I hope he's not fooled by people that all of a sudden know better uh, he respects Rob McCracken and I'm glad he stuck by him Rob McCracken knows Anthony Joshua knows his capabilities knows his inabilities so Anthony Joshua um, he with uh, enough respect to him enough respect to Rob McCracken for devising what he had to do I'm, I'm really happy for him I just before I do let you show off I just want to get a couple of thoughts on two undercard fights starting off with Dillian White his victory over Marius Vac after he was cleared the day before by UCAD for any wrongdoing from an adverse finding found in his test in the drugs test about six months ago after his Oscar Rivas bout First, are your thoughts on that and Dillian's performance? Uh, Dillian's performance, uh, he took the fight through its notice. He's been in a, a dark hole for the last six months. Uh, I think he just needed to get rid of the cobwebs. Uh, before the fight, I think it's a bit, I thought this is a bit of a banana skin because after all the bit tough battles he's had to get through, to get to, and to keep winning and taking the risk, he could lose this because this isn't an easy walk. Just, this isn't a cobweb shaker. Uh, he had to work hard for the win. Uh, he's not happy with his performance because he's been out. But again, we all learn lessons somehow or another. In regards to uh, uh, them lifting the ban, um, good. Dylan wasn't a cheat. And, uh, someone's going to get sued. 
because now they've said, no, no, you know what, you did no wrong. Who said he did in the first place? That's who he needs to find. That's who he needs to sue. Who said he did in the first place? And then, and then, and for them to to take it on board, you know, they they, they put themselves in a in a serious situation because uh, they they basically said we got it wrong. And finally, Michael Hunter and Alexander Povetkin fought to a split decision draw. Your thoughts on that one, Johnny? And would you be interested in seeing a rematch? They want me a rematch. Povetkin has passed his best. Povetkin uh, came up against. See, both fighters are weighed around the same, about the same height and everything. The reason why Michael Hunter could, could, has been so successful at heavyweight is because when a guy that's a cruiserweight build fights a heavyweight, you've got speed, you've got movement, you can bam, 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 bam. You're too busy for him. Your pace is too high for him. And Michael Hunter's got away with that. Uh, Povetkin is a more Eastern European style fight where he's tough, he's strong to try and weigh you down. And he's done it with big guys and little guys. If it was Povetkin 10, 8 years ago, then he'd have beat Michael Hunter. He didn't beat Mike. He didn't draw with Michael Hunter last night. Michael Hunter beat him. Uh, Povetkin has the punching power of a solid heavyweight, but not the fluidity, the the unpredictability of a Michael Hunter because of the system he's from. Um, uh, they won't be third fight. Uh, I feel sorry for Hunter, uh, but I'm sure he's, he'll go back and think, you know what? You know, we live to fight another day. It wasn't a loss. Well, Johnny Nelson, we'll leave it there. We've covered many things and most things. Appreciate your time throughout the week. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you. I'm sure I'll see you back in the UK. Have a safe flight back to London. I'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for myself, Boxing nice. Social. Nice one. Bless, bless, bless. This is Rob Tebbett for Boxing Social. It's the morning after the night before here in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I'm joined by Adam Smith the day after Anthony Joshua regains the Unified Heavyweight Championship of the World. Adam, talk to me about the fight last night. Well, it was incredible performance, wasn't it, from uh, Anthony Joshua. He just got everything right. It was disciplined, it was tactical, it was uh, what he planned in the gym for months, executed to precision, um, you know, just a, a brilliant display of boxing. Mm -hmm. I thought his legs were phenomenal. Um, you know, he, he got off to a great start, which was which key. Uh, he got the distance right. The left hand was, um, yeah, he, he used it so correctly during it uh, to jab, uh, to hook. I thought it was a wand, his left hand. Um, and Andy Ruiz never really got into it. I mean, he had his moments, I think the fifth and the eighth. And, uh, you know, there was one or two, you know, um, itchy times for, for Joshua when uh, he thought maybe he was uh, you know, on the verge of just coming apart slightly, a little bit of vulnerability still there. But you know, he managed to hold on when he needed to and, uh, and just get back to the, uh, the plan. Um, I thought he schooled Ruiz. I thought he was um, under so much pressure beforehand that to produce a performance like that that obviously worked you know, day in, day out in the gym with, with Rob and, and Angel, uh, you know, I thought that was incredible the way he managed it. But it was a mixture of everything, really. It was the fact they they'd stripped him down, they'd taken him back to basics, they got the weight right. Um, but it was just obviously hours and hours of, of, of practicing uh, the boxing on the outside and mixing it up and coming in when he needed to. And there was times, there was a time about halfway through the fight where he started planting his feet and I thought, he's going to try and really hurt Ruiz here. And then he just went back to his plan. And uh, yeah, it was absolutely the right thing to do. And we all wondered before whether he could do that or whether Ruiz would... You know, would hit him and hurt him before you know before that sort of pattern and that rhythm came about. Um, disappointing performance from Andy Ruiz Jr. In as much as you know, we expected him to to throw more combinations. He did throw a few body shots and, and got through. But I think that you know the the 20 stone plus he came in and was a, a big mistake. Um, I wondered sort of earlier in the camp if he'd been training sort of full pelt or whether he had. Uh, you know, sort of trained almost when he wanted to train. Um, but I think, you know, with Andy Ruiz, he sort of is what he is, and I expected him to still go in there and, and be very menacing and threatening. And, and while he was always dangerous, he never really got going. It reminded me a bit of Lennox Lewis and David Tua, that he was just sort of negated by the, by the brilliance of Anthony Joshua on the night, but also by 
his lack of mobility and carrying too much weight. But uh, listen, let's not take anything away from what was a wonderful night for Anthony Joshua. It was uh, a night where he had to get it right, you know, um, psychologically, mentally, how he came to terms with what happened to him in the garden and the fact that he went in there and, and executed a plan to precision. On a, on, a, on a different stage with huge global attention on him and with masses of pressure because if he got it wrong, you know, the, the future would have looked bleak, but he got it very right. And to become the fourth man in history to, to regain a world heavyweight title after um, going straight back into the ring with the same guy, you know, uh, Floyd Patterson, Muhammad Ali, Lennox Lewis, you know, these are huge names and Anthony Joshua could be very proud of himself. and. Two-time was ringing loud and around, wasn't it, in Diria last night? And uh, I'm sure they they partied into the night. And um, yeah, it was a brilliant night for Anthony Joshua, his team, and it was a brilliant night for British boxing, wasn't it? It certainly was. Um, when you take all of those things into consideration, when you consider where he was just six months ago, the fact that he'd been written off by not only fans but I mean a lot of experts, a lot of pundits were, were picking Andy Ruiz in the rematch. Though it wasn't vintage Anthony Joshua from a knockout point of view, or blowing through everybody. Is this the best performance of his career so far? I think you've got to say it's one of them. I mean, I, I suppose Vladimir Klitschko, the fight at Wembley, will still be remembered as the, the most sort of incredible, I guess. The fact that both were down. It was a, a thrilling fight from start to finish and on that sort of stage. Um, and also, of course, the, the dramatic defeat in, in the Garden. Um, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of highlights already. You know, the fight with Dillian White, the, 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 uh, the demolition of Charles Martin. I mean, look. You know, Charles Martin was unbeaten and no one quite knew sort of if he was any good and it proved out that he wasn't. But actually, it was a, it was a pretty big test where uh, Joshua was at that point in his career. So there's been a number of, of big nights already for him. But I've got to say, I thought that was a better performance than he showed against Joseph Parker to go 12 rounds of box like that under that pressure. I think you've got to say that was one of the great performances of his whole career, his whole life. Maybe he hadn't been under that pressure since the Olympic final, you know, with all that expectation, London 2012, and, you know, he managed to get through that. But this time he, he got through it and not only got through it, it was a masterclass, you know, whether it was eight rounds, 10 rounds, whatever the difference on the cards. I mean, he, he, he won virtually everything, you know, you, you give Ruiz a couple maybe, but it was a, it was a brilliant performance. And, and, uh, you know, it wasn't the, the, the high drama that we had in the garden, but it wasn't needed. And I think that because it was a good time as well in the UK, it wasn't sort of three, four in the morning and people could have drifted a little bit who were sort of not hardcore fans, you know, the casuals. But, you know, from a sort of boxing, beautiful point of view, a sort of, you know, a masterpiece, it was it was great to watch him like that. The legs worked so hard. Uh, you know, he, he just stuck to the plan and um, it was a phenomenal performance. I really thought so. And you know, I was reading things beforehand and a lot of us were split whether Ruiz would repeat and all the dangers of the immediate rematch and so many sort of, you know, come a cropper. And, you know, we know that, you know, often it, it happens more dramatically. I mean, Tony Belly was with us and, you know, it happened with the, the David Hay fight more dramatically the second time, you know, going back to, I don't know, Tony Thompson and David Price and, and Tyson and Holyfield, all sorts of ones through history, you know, um, Ali and Liston, loads have, have been, have gone the same way. And, and people are saying he needs two or three uh, opponents just to sort of, you know, like Ruiz, just to sort of get his, uh, his mind back together and get him practicing again. But obviously they did so much work in that Sheffield camp, locking themselves away from all the outside interests and the marketing and the sponsorship deals and all of that. And uh, you know, going back to basics, it showed how much Anthony Joshua wanted to, to right the wrong and uh, how sweet was that revenge for him last night and the, the team around him. And it showed that you know a couple of extra coaches alongside Rob did work. You know, they were all under enormous pressure uh, last night. And um, you know, where would we be if Andy Ruiz had won again and a wonderful story, first Mexican ever heavyweight champion. But British boxing you know, needed an Anthony Joshua to, to put a performance like that in. Uh, and he did. And, and I, I was reading an article by Ron Borges in the Boxing Monthly, literally about half an hour before the ring walk, just Teddy Atlas was saying some things about, you know, it's so dangerous, you know, going back in, you know, has he really learned? But he obviously did everything. He did his homework. He talked to Vladimir Klitschko. He got his advice. He got his mind right. And he, he just was, it was a brilliant display of boxing. And, uh, you know, he's been through a lot, Anthony Joshua, in the last few months. You know, everybody's good to kick someone when they're down. And really, he was, uh, he was, he, he dramatically got it right in, in a, in a non-dramatic fight way. There wasn't that sort of, you know, the ups and downs of, of, of a New Yorker or, or a Wembley or a Klitschko, but it was absolutely absorbing. You couldn't take your eyes off it. And from a pure boxing point of view, it was exactly what he needed to do. It was fantastic.
Where next for Anthony Joshua? I mean, inevitably now mandatory is going to be called. Kubrat Pulov seemingly been IBF mandatory for, for many, many years. Um, and he was meant to fight him, of course. He was meant to fight him, and that night, uh, they ended up boxing Carlos Takam, of course. That seems to be the, the call for the fight next. Is it realistic that that's going to happen? And also, are we going to bring that back home? Is that going to come back to London? I'd like to see Anthony Joshua have a homecoming now. You know, he's fought in America. He's fought in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I'd like to see him fight in London. I think that would be the, the perfect... Uh, the perfect one to come back to maybe you know spring early summer um i, I i've mentioned uh, quite a number of times to, to both uh, team joshua and eddie about the spurs stadium which is obviously the new stadium in in britain as much as i'd like to go to anfield with with callum smith and so on being a liverpool fan um i think the spurs stadium would be perfect you know wembley i think he's got the euros next summer and something like that would be terrific wouldn't it and uh, i think he'll have to get a mandatory out of the way i think kubrat pulev probably is the one um but a sort of you know a big packed out new venue um bringing the belts back i think that's the sort of thing and uh, obviously the wbo with with alexander usik maybe usik would fight chisora and then joshua would fight you know pulev and then and then usik but of course the talk now will be can they make that unification too you know fury wilder uh, February the 22nd, you know, will they be a trilogy there? If, if that, they're all sort of locked away doing that in 2020, then I guess it's time for Joshua to fight the likes of, of Pulev, um, Usyk, and, and the one I'd also love him to fight is Dillian White in, in a rematch. Now, that would be, you know, how, how that would sell as a, as a fight next summer. That would also be a, a great alternative. So, you know, one of those three names, I think, and, um, you know, obviously Wilder and Fury now are very much back on the agenda to to try and get those big fights made. So I think what it's done, it's given a huge injection for, for British boxing because now we're looking forward to another two, three years of, of these type of fights. But if he'd lost to Ruiz, you know, obviously we go with the story. Ruiz then would have maybe fought someone like Adam Kanaki and then fought the winner of Wilder Fury in a big unification, but he didn't. Um, you know, he's crying for a third fight. I'm not sure about the interest in that, certainly not yet. You know, I'd like to see Joshua come back to London, uh, maybe take care of one or two of the mandatories, um, or fight Dillian White. You mentioned Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. How does this affect kind of the the standings really at the top yeah. of the heavyweight division? Anthony Joshua was widely considered to be the number one heavyweight in the world pre Joshua Ruiz one. He's now got his belts back. Does he now sit atop the heavyweight division again? It's a good question. It's one we were even debating on commentary at the end last night, and one will be debated. It's all subjective, isn't it? You know, I've I've gone on record very much and said that Tyson Fury, in my opinion, is the the best heavyweight in the world. But then he didn't look great last time out. Wilder didn't look great for six rounds, and then found that equaliser. So, you know. They've all got their attributes, haven't they? Deontay Wilder is the biggest single puncher in the division. Tyson Fury is probably the most awkward to fight. He's full of skills and, you know, him and Joshua is a fascinating fight. Um, and it's a massive fight for British boxing. And if that does happen, I think that would break records. I think it will be the, the biggest fight. If Fury beat Wilder and then AJ and Fury fight, it would just be absolutely huge. Um, I don't know. The three of them have got to do the dancing, haven't they? You know, we, we, we look back to the likes of sort of Lewis, Bo, Holyfield and Tyson or, you know, the eras before them and you just sort of want to have you've had you know Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder one we're going to get a second one are we going to get a third one we've got to get Joshua in the mix uh, any of the three and and we'll only really know the true answer until we've had those fights but um, they've all got a, um, a a reason to believe that they are the best heavyweights in the world um, Anthony Joshua certainly sprung right back up there but I, I think it's difficult to say he's, he's better than Deontay Wilder or better than Tyson Fury because he hasn't fought them where they two have fought each other and Fury in my opinion uh, should have got the decision um, but could Wilder beat him in the rematch of course he could he just needs one shot doesn't he and, and, and power for 12 rounds is you know is, is a huge asset to have um, don't forget Dillian White in all this you know Dillian's been uh, had a very tough few months, you know, he's uh, obviously that's behind him now. He didn't look great last night. We didn't think he would. He was heavy, too heavy, but he got through it. He got back in, in the ring. And I think 2020 is going to be a fascinating year for Dillian White as well. So uh, there's some great fights out there, aren't they? The, the uh, coming through of Daniel Dubois and you know, you've got Joe Joyce as well. And obviously over in the States, there's a huge amount. There's Hergovich. There's, you know, it's, it's great. And uh, Ruiz will come back strong, I'm sure. Uh, I don't expect him just to sort of waltz off into the Mexican sunset. And he's obviously made a lot of money, but there'll be a pride thing there. And I'm sure he'll be back 
uh, back soon. And um, it's a great time for heavyweight boxing, and it's fantastic to have Tyson Fury where he is for British boxing and Anthony Joshua back where he uh, really belongs. He's proved he's belonged. He's a two-time heavyweight champion of the world with all that pressure, all of that psychological demons to deal with. And he gets it absolutely right with a, uh, an exquisite boxing display, Rob. Um, yeah, and possibly his, his greatest ever. Adam Smith, always a pleasure. Thanks very much for speaking to Boxing Social, um, not just today, but throughout the week here in Riyadh and for the rest of the year. If I don't see you before Christmas, do have a good one with your lovely family and I'll see you in 2020. Thanks, Rob, and to you. Dillian, first of all, hard fight last night. Um, how are you feeling today? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Got a bit of a thumb in the eye at times. Yeah, yeah, I got from twice, but it is what it is. Boxing, when these things happen, these things happen, you know, um, you know, it's price fight and you do whatever it takes to win, you know, so I don't fought him. I'd have probably done the same, to be honest. We knew Marius Fack was obviously going to be a, a tough guy and, and mm. he's been around the block a bit, so it was always going to be difficult to, to put on a, a really good performance and, and try and look good against him, I suppose. Yeah, you know what, if um, the old me being um, where I should be, you know, obviously I was a little bit overweight, you know, obviously it been a tough few months. I don't like making excuses, but it is a box. Not my best, but, you know, I still won every round and controlled the fight. So, you know, it's a good workout. It's a good kind of workout. It's the exact kind of fight I need to push me on into bigger and better fights next year, you know what I mean? Because... I had to push rounds out, I had to go get to try a few things out and do a few things and um it was tough, he didn't just drop down. You know, obviously originally I wanted to fight Eric Molina. If I had fought him I'd have banged him in a round or two, you know. How did it feel going into that fight, having had the news come through the previous night from, from UK? It, it didn't make no difference to be honest, because I was already in a bit of a uh, a crap place anyway, so it didn't really make much difference, you know, it's just like When know. when did the news actually come through? Well, the day it went up, same time it went up. You did, know. did you have any idea that that was, that no, was coming? No, 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 no. You know, it's been hell the last few months. It's been hell, you know. It's a process and it takes a long time and you just have to just wait. Like I've been in death row, just wait, 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 you know. Take me back to five months ago when you originally were told about what was happening with the, the whole thing. When, when did you first hear about it? I think... A, Two days before the fight or something, I think it was. Yeah, two days or a day before the fight, I think it was there, the way in or whatever, the day before. Two days or something, the, the guys alerted me to it, you know, so. And how did that make you feel? It just, you know, it's just like, it just feel like it's just one pile of crap after another, to be honest, you know, it's just like, it's just it's mad. I went from having a great camp training and being focused and motivated to just, Completely just been flat and it's been destroyed. This, my last two fights have been hell. My last two fights have been hell. I won them, it's been hell. Like the Reavers fight, I didn't sleep for, for, for 40 hours, you know, I didn't sleep, couldn't sleep. You know what was going on, you know, obviously, you know, I'm sold tickets, I was thinking the show not gonna go on, I'm have to be, you know, after. It's just mad, it's just madness, it's pure madness, you know, it's the worst. It's pure madness, man. Pure madness. Pure madness. It's just, it's just crazy. I don't understand why it's all in me. That you know, but it is what it is. But for it to happen, literally two or three days before the fight itself, I mean, blew that my must mind. Have messed with your mind. Big blew time. my mind big time. Blew my mind. I don't even know how I went out and fought and beat Oscar Rivas, to be honest. But it's been, it just shows how tough I am, or how brave I am, and how, how talented I am. You know, and I'm, and the fact I have the ability to put problems at the back of my mind. I'm focused on the job. I wasn't 100% focused, but I still got the job done. Because that was a hard fight against the top opponent. Yeah, yeah, No one, Joshua doing a fight him, Fury doing a fight him, and Wally doing a fight him, because he was trying to fight Ali. When Miller put out, Rivers put his name in the hat, firstly, and he was way more credible than Andrew Ruiz at the time. Then they said, no, we're not fighting him. Fury is the same thing. And Fury said, no, we're not fighting him, because remember, Rivers was at ESPN. Fury said, no, we're not fighting him. Wally the same thing. Yeah. So in the days after that, when the news leaked out, what went through your mind? I mean, it, it, did you just want to fall into a hole and, and, and disappear or, or what? Yeah, yeah no, of course. But, you know, obviously I'm a tough person. You know, I mean, I'm a strong person, tough person, stick around. You know, a few times I was going to walk away from the sport. But, 
you know, my team kept me motivated and kept me saying, listen, we obviously will get through this. Obviously, you know, you're innocent, you ain't done anything, so, you know, let's just fight it. Cost me a small house, but, you know, it is what it is. And obviously, people out there, social media and all the rest of it, all have their opinions, all the accusations started flying. How did that feel? Uh, you know, um, as a nation, we were quick to write each other off and quick to drag each other's name for the mud. It's like, it's like we're just sitting and waiting and hoping and looking for something negative to say to bring someone down back home. I don't get it. I don't understand. You know, everyone is quick to to throw me in a hole. You know, with with, with no evidence and no fact. You know, and then now the fact is, I'm uh, you know I'm I'm clean and I've always been clean. I'm innocent. I've always been innocent. And now, now people trying to backtrack and say they didn't say this and they didn't do that, but they're all going to pay one by one. Must have been massively frustrating to know what was going on, but at the same time, not be allowed to talk about it. Yeah, it's very frustrating because you got people calling you all kind of names and saying all kind of stuff. You know, you got people who ain't got no, no, there's no nothing to gain from it. Just saying stuff for saying stuff sake. And you're like, you even got nothing to gain. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Just, just shut up. Like, but everyone's got an opinion and everyone's saying stuff. And I just wanted to, to just let a few people know how I feel, but now, I can say stuff, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let everyone I'm gonna let them all know I feel, you know. Every single one who who who, who discredited me or belittled my name, I'm gonna let them know I know I feel, you know. Cause they, they see them, they'll come around and be like, Oh yeah, yeah, you know, this and the other. I'm gonna shut them down one by one. I'm gonna be really rude to them as well. Not gonna be like, Oh, I'm just gonna be just tell people, you know, go you know. I'm gonna be really rude to those people. Obviously, fighting in itself is, is a mentally tough sport, but mm. do you think you discovered a bit about yourself during this period about how mentally strong you are to be able to deal with everything that happened? Uh, listen, I've been through worse stuff than this in life, man, you know. Uh, I've been I've been fighting for a long time in life, you know. I just would like my fights to be a bit easier now, you know, but um, I'm mentally strong, you know, but this thing, this thing was a real was a real blow to the mentality, man. You know, that's why CSD came in 19 and a half stones. You know, I was training, I was eating good, but I just wasn't sleeping, wasn't living right, man. Just, you know, just mentally, just not with it. Just not with it, you know. But it's a good opportunity to, to fight, obviously be part of history. And I know that I was mentally tough enough to get the job done, you know. Even though my mind was out of a place and been out of a place for the last six months, but I know that I'm mentally and physically tough and strong enough to get the job done, you know. And I proved that I don't need to be a hundred percent to beat most of these guys. I just need to. It's only the top top five. I need to be a hundred percent to beat these guys, you know. How important was it to have friends and family around during this period as well? You know, it was important, but I didn't really. I could. I didn't say nothing to no friend and family because it was that much sensitive topic. I didn't say nothing to my brothers. My mum, nothing. There was other ones going, I said, I can't really say nothing because it's a sensitive topic that you couldn't say nothing because if anything get out or whatever, then it messes the whole thing up. So I couldn't say nothing at all, you know. And my mum, when that was asking me, what's going on my brothers? I said, oh, I don't know. Um, then the, the, the team's doing it, I don't know. So you when know? the news finally came through that the charge had been dropped, mm. that must have been a massive relief. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it was major, man. It was major, you know, it was major. Major, I can finally make plans again. The last six months, I couldn't make no plans. You know, I was ringing the phones, no one was answering. You know, I went from being one of the top guys, people answering the phones, planning, planning this deal, planning that, planning the next fights, um, next two fights ahead, okay, to, to just being, you know, people aren't answering the phone anymore, you know. It's just being, you know, it's being... It's been in the in a dark place, but it's what it is, you know. Listen, I, I had faith. I believed. I knew I didn't do anything wrong, and it was just a matter of time, you know. Do you feel you can get your life back on track now, then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I feel like we can plan again. I can finally start looking at pay per view dates again. Start putting slotting dates in and and plan. Okay, I got sixteen weeks to get in shape. You know, not instead of taking five, three weeks notice, you know what I mean? Two, three weeks notice, trying to get myself in shape, then realize that I ain't got enough time to <clears throat> bring the weight down. So just try and be focused on whatever and try and be fit and stuff like that, you know? 
so how keen are you now to, to, to get back into it and, and get knocking on the door again in terms of, of being part of the world title? I'm, I'm ready. I was waiting for Sky to give me a date now for next year so I can start training. I was waiting, obviously, for my guys to get a date off Sky when we're looking at next year. Then I start training. I said to myself, I'm going to have a week off. Then I'm going to start training. You know, I'm not going to... You know, I didn't train for months after the Reavers fight because I couldn't train. I couldn't... Couldn't train. I tried to train. I'd go to the gym and just be like, "What the hell am I doing here? You know, what am I training for? I don't know what's gonna go on. Where's my career going? What's gonna happen? You know." So didn't train for months. For months, I didn't do nothing. Just, just being a cabbage at home. You know. So now you've got something to look forward to. Yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a goal. Yeah. That's that's something that's really gonna set everything. Yeah, it's very important for us, for my team and for the Sky team and my matchroom to get a date. Locked in, you know. I mean, obviously, I've been through enough crap. Like, it's time for for everyone to team up and just get my career flowing and and moving and get me into a royal title, whichever one it is. I don't care, you know. I get 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 my career moving, get my career flowing, you know. No point messing around anymore. I've had enough of all this messing around and all this nonsense. Now I just need listen. Everything I ask for is just, you know. I mean, I'm not asking for anything unfair or anything. Too much I'm asking for a fair, fair crack at the whip. That's all I'm asking for. And I deserved it. I earned it. I fought every guy. I fought everyone you guys put in front of me, and I continue to do so. And I'm willing to do so. I'm not one of those guys that cry about this or cry about that. You let guys set their date. I have to pick whoever you want to pick, and I show up and I fight. What more? What, what, what more? What more can you ask for from 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 an athlete? Obviously, we've had the whole situation with the WBC, but there's every chance now that. We could see one or two of the titles also becoming free if if Anthony Joshua doesn't mm. take a mandatory. Mm. So the opportunities will be there for you if if if, the, if something comes along, you you grab it with both hands. I'm listen. I'm ready. We spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on the WBC. We've been loyal to them. We fought back to back top ten contenders after another. I fought more. Look, put it this way. I fought more top ten contenders than their champion had. You know. So I don't understand. It was very quick to to take me out out, 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 the, out the the mandatory. They should be even quicker to reinstate me, you know, and remove that 2021 nonsense and put me back in, you know. Forget Tyson Fury. What's he done to deserve, you know? So, what would your at this stage preferred option be? Do you think have you got a specific name? Or I, I want to fight Deontay Wilder. You know, I still want to fight him. I don't. I, I've, I've been trying to fight him for a long time. I want to fight him, but you know, he doesn't want to fight me. You know, uh, it's clear that he doesn't want to fight me because he can make more money fighting me. It's not my easy fight. Nobody, I'm this. Yeah, he can beat me with one arm to be in his back. But I don't care. I just want to become a real champion, man. I just want to become a real champion. I'm already real champion. Interim real champion. I just want to become a real champion. Then to what I move the franchise world champion soon, so I might become world champion soon. Soon anyway, so let's see. Now I'm back. He's definitely going to move up to franchise world champion, one million percent. Um, I think after the fight last night, you also got a chance to watch uh, Anthony's uh, fight mm-hmm. against uh, Andy Ruiz. What, what did you make of his performance? Ruiz made a classic mistake. He got a taste of the money. And it got to him, you know. Ruiz never made no real money before, you know. His um, biggest payday would have been hundreds of thousands. Never really made no proper money. You know, obviously, you know, he's got kids, this and the other, and his career was literally in the bin. Fought Josh and beat him, and then his whole life changed. He went from being nobody to somebody, so the lifestyle got to him. Leshigui Leonard says, it's hard to wake up and run when you're sleeping in silk sheets and wearing silk pyjamas, you know. But he just didn't seem hungry enough. But Joshua done well. Box work, box well, moved. He kept the movement going for 12 rounds. And he done his thing. People say it's a boring fight. But that's what I said in the post-fight, in the pre-fight. If he makes a boring fight, he wins. You know, don't try to entertain no one. You know, and that's what he did. We win today, worry about looking good tomorrow. I can't imagine you sleeping in salt sheets. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> I try, man. You know, I, try, I try and live a simple, humble life, man. I just try and the same. And that's what, that's what gives you the hunger, though, isn't it? No, it's not. You know, it's not, man. The hunger is my people, man. My, my team. You know, the amount of sacrifice they do and the amount of hard work they put in for me, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I just don't want to let them down because 
they've been there with me. Fight, you know. I mean, I've got people that have been around for years. You know, people who believed in me and who backed for me 24/7 and who backed me against anyone. So I don't want to let them down. I, I want to win a title more for them than for myself, to be honest. You know, you know, because I've I've done all right to to be alive and to be doing what I'm doing now. I've I've done good, but I want to win a title for my people, you know, so you can say we were, we we was world champion, we was world champion, you know, for for them, that's that's all they care about is for me to get to zone and be world champion. They don't care about no money, no this, no fame, and that that's why they always in the background. They just want to be, you know, what I mean, we we was world champion. You know, that memory, that memory, that'll stick with you forever. And I want to get him that. So what's the plan now? Are you going to take a little break? Are you going to go straight back into I'm the gym? I'm going to rest seven or? days and then just get straight back to training, man, because I need to shift some flubber. <laughs> not too much Christmas turkey or anything like that over uh, over the festive period then? Well, I'm not really a massive Christmas person anyway, man. Yeah. You know, I just... But 2020 could be a, a big, big year for you if, if everything goes well. It could be, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know. This boxing thing's mud, you know. You position yourself, you get there, and then an easier fight swoops in. Look, you got guys, Brazil, two title defense, Luis Ortiz, two, Eric Molina, two. You know, you got Parker, all of these guys. Why is all these guys getting all these title fights for me? You said move up to heavyweight. It's crazy, you know? It looks like even Derek Cesaro is going to get second crack at world title before me. Someone I've beaten twice. Why is this? Is it purely down to the fact that these guys who hold the belts don't want to fight you? I have no idea. You know, I have no idea. I don't understand. There must be something wrong with the organisation. Must be something wrong with it. Must be. And maybe I need to sell out to them or something. I don't know. But eventually, hopefully, keep fighting. You'll get your chance. Yeah, when I see Deontay Wilder, I'm just going to punch him up and steal his belt and run off. This is Rob Tebbett for Boxing Social. It's the morning after the night before here in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Delighted, as always, to be joined by Dave Coldwell. How are you, Dave? Been a long night. <laughs> has been a long night. Um, a very, very good night, though. Um, I'm content and I'm happy today. I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon with what happened last night. Everything about it was just it was special and it was a privilege to be here. Now, with a voice like that, it sounds like you've been out on the lash, but I assume you haven't because we're here in Saudi Arabia. Um, let's start with your man, Hopi Price, scored a stoppage win on last night's Ruiz Joshua 2 undercard. What did you make of his performance? I thought he was brilliant. I thought he, the whole week he's handled everything fantastically. Um, the public workout that we did, um, he was relaxed, he was, he was just himself. Then the press conference with about 300 cameras facing his way, I thought he spoke really well. Um, and then he handled the fight night very well. Um, we had gloves on, we had gloves off, thought it was going to go on, then, then it got, you know, got canned, we had to stand down. We, there was a thought where we think, oh, are we going to get on? And then two, two quick fights in a row, he got his slot and he went out there and he handled his business, you know. Coming out to that, the crowd, the, the, the actual facilities the stadium was unbelievable and knowing what occasion you're there for and, and what the spectacle is puts a lot of pressure on a 19 year old boy and I thought he handled it really really well a lot of kids it's a four-rounder it's a big slot on a massive event that have got out there like tents and, and trying to blow, blow their opponent away he didn't he stuck to the plan what we're trying to build with Ope what I want to do with him is I want to build a fighter you know, a long-distance, 12-round championship-class fighter. And if he goes out there and blasting people out in a round or two, it's not doing him any good. It was a four-rounder. We, we, we looked for four rounds. Uh, the referee stops it. Could, he, could, the, could the kid have, have carried on? Yeah, he could have. Um, but he was getting hammered. He was getting, he was getting hit with everything. He was getting hurt. Um, so the ref stops it. And am I bothered that, that hope he's got a stoppage on his record? No. Because is, is Opie bothered? No because we're not looking at stoppages at this point. It's not about that. I think he'll go on to be a fighter that if he stops you, he's going to stop you in after six rounds, break you down, you know, um, take you to bits, take you apart, and then maybe get the stoppages later on. That's the kind of fighter I think he's going to be, and that's why I'm building him as a long-distance fighter, and I'm not interested in you know stopping a guy in three rounds. It, 
some people have said, oh, you know, great performance, great performance, which it was, but ref stopped it. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. He stopped it a little bit earlier. You mentioned kind of the life of a float fighter, gloves on, gloves off, the indecision and stuff like that. I mean, how beneficial is that for a young fighter just at the start of his career to kind of go through that? Because it's a very, very awkward situation for a fighter to go through, particularly at the start of their career. Yeah, it's very awkward. Um, you've got emotions of an adrenaline going up, down spikes. Um, you have to, as a coach, you have to be able to keep them sharp, warm, you know, because obviously we warm fighters up backstage. You have to keep them sharp, but not take them too much out of them because you might have your gloves on for two, three hours. But what helped me know that Hopi would understand that and what helped Hopi go through that was when we went to um, I went to Freddie Roach's gym, a wild card in the summer, and one of the days we were supposed to be sparring at half past nine in the morning, gloves on, ready to go. He didn't end up sparring until one, two o'clock in, in the afternoon. And he handled that so well, just so calm. Wasn't wasn't arsy about it, wasn't irritated. So I knew that he would handle this um, last night. I knew he'd handle that, and and he did. You know, we when we thought it was going to be on after the Al Qatari fight, who um, was warming up, and then it went past the designated time. Said, "Oh, stand down. He's not going to be on at least for another hour and ten minutes." Took his gloves off, let him relax a little bit, and then with 20 minutes to go before a possibility of his time. Put the gloves back on and we went back to work warming up and he ended up getting on. What's the plan for him moving forward? As I understand it, this is going to be his last outing before Christmas. When can we expect to see him back in the ring in the new year? Um, February. He'll be back out in February. Uh, moving up to six-rounders. I wanted him on a six-rounder from the start, but it was just, just to get you know just get a couple of quick fights in. Obviously, the, the being a float last night had to be a four-rounder, otherwise he wouldn't have got on the show. Um, so yeah, it'll be moving up to six rounders in February, and then you're going to start seeing, you know, start seeing him develop. It's about development and about him improving as a fighter, learning about himself as a man, getting quality sparring, as we have been doing, but getting more quality sparring with men, with strong fighters, with fighters that are going to put him under physical pressure. Um, just, just an education, really. I'm not in any rush. I'm not shouting off about him. Oh, he's going to be world champion. Is that? He's a talent. He's a very, very good talent. He's got plenty of potential, but he's a baby. He's 19 years old. So I'm going to take my time with him. He's not going to get rushed like a lot of your other Team GB fighters have been. Like, you know, your, your boxes and your fouls to a certain extent. Get having to move quicker. You know, this kid's going to be boxing on the cards and, and being brought along. He's 19. When he's 21, then he'll be let off the leash. But by then, he'll be ready to be let off the leash. Moving on to the main event, Anthony Joshua regains the unified heavyweight titles with a unanimous decision win over Andy Ruiz. What did you make of his performance? I thought it was outstanding. I thought it was absolutely outstanding. He put on a display that, although we were saying beforehand, I said, I think I said to you, control the distance. He needed to use feints. After I saw um, uh, Ruiz at the workout, I thought the feints are going to be very, very important. Um, and he did. We said he needed to use angles. He did. But I also said he had that many things that he had to do in this fight. Also, smother him, stop him from getting to work, nullify him when, when Ruiz did get, get close to him. There were so many things that he had to do in order to win that fight. To actually put them all together, to keep it going, keep the focus, and to have, have the confidence to, to, to try all these new things all in, in his biggest moment coming off such a bad loss to the same guy it takes a lot of character and it tells you a lot about a man and he put them all together and he was brilliant it was fantastic a couple of times he wanted to go you know the old Anthony Joshua wants to go catching me a good shot and, and I thought don't walk into the same traps as what he did last time but he showed it he learned he didn't you know I think he did it once and he got clipped and then, and then from then on he wants to and he just now go for a little walk I thought his, his ring generalship was fantastic, and that is such an underestimated and underrated thing in boxing. I thought it was brilliant. I spoke to you earlier on in the week, and I said that I felt that it was important for him to, if he's going to box on the back foot, but to also land something early in the fight. He landed that straight right hand at the end of the first round, which ultimately cut Andy Ruiz. How important do you think that was in, in kind of negotiating the rest of the fight, letting Andy Ruiz know that he's still in there and he can still hurt him? Yeah, very. I mean... We did say that uh, it couldn't just run around just flicking shots. 
and he didn't. He'd sneak in good right hands, good shots that had hurt Ruiz. That keeps him honest. That gives that what that does. That makes your opponent respect you. It's all right. People saying, "Oh, Ruiz should have just walked straight through him and should have thrown more hands," and but he couldn't because Joshua's feet controlled that distance. So whether or not you've got height and reach advantage over somebody, if you can control the distance, that's your game. That 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 gives you an advantage. But whether that's whether you're an aggressive fighter coming forward or the fighter that's on the back foot, but. When you've got the height and reach, and if you can control that distance, every time the man tries and throws at you, the shorter man, and you control that distance, he's missing. If he's missing, he stops punching. Every time he falls short and then gets touched with a jab, he stops punching. Because when he falls short, and even if he just gets touched with a jab, he's aware that a right hand can come sneaking straight through after that jab when he makes a, makes a mistake. And because Joshua landed that right hand straight away in round one, it reminded Ruiz that although I've knocked you out, you can still hurt me. So it just makes you think a little bit more. And it's all right, people saying, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. But it's so hard to do it when you're in that ring and when what you're doing is not working and what he's doing is working. It's very hard. How much credit does Rob McCracken and also the other coaches who've been brought into the camp deserve for this? Because it was really a, it was an un-Anthony Joshua-like performance in, in probably the best possible way you could make that suggestion. Yeah, yeah a fan, listen, the team, they'll know what jobs they've done. They've done a phenomenal job, a phenomenal job, because the swing is massive. It's gone from being a certain way in the first fight and throughout his career, getting crushed in that first fight to then to be completely dominant in the rematch in a short space of time to do it in one camp that's brilliant you know I know Rob's a great coach Rob Rob's done a fantastic job throughout the throughout the, his career he loses one fight and you get Muppets saying get rid of him and this and that but what they've done is they've added on you know they've brought in different dimensions Angel Fernandez I know I know Angel Fernandez might not know the rest of the team, but I know Angel Fernandez. I know what a good coach he is. He's a very, very good coach. I rate him. You know, he's a good coach. He knows boxing. He understands boxing. It's just that he's not known yet. So people go, oh, is this unknown or not? You know, he, he deserves a lot of credit as well for the work he's done. You know, the whole team, Rob, Angel, the other guy, I don't know, I can't remember his name. His, his, his whole team have done a job. But more importantly as well, He's, he's got a, I know he's got a massive team but he's got a small group of people that he's been around since day one and when he'll have had his, his dark moments because I've had fighters that have, that have had bad losses and have had dark moments and it's that small team it's not a small group of friends that are from there from day one that are very very important it's perhaps not on the training side but on that side and getting you through those dark moments because I know he's, he, you know AJ is very um, matter of fact and he's very you know he's, he thinks through a lot of things and he says the right things but listen he's a human being he'll have had dark moments he'll have had times when he was you know he doubt himself or you know despondent and depressed after after the first fight but the team that he's got around him his family you know that's what gets you through you know and and the, the whole team the whole people around him done a brilliant job because they've got him from where he was where you don't forget the, how the public have turned on him and things like that. A lot of the public, a lot of the fans have turned on him. That has an effect on people. I don't care who you are. It has an effect on people. And if you've got nobody else to talk to or nobody just to say the right things at the right time, even when you're not, you're not speaking, you know, that can, that's a big thing. And so everybody to do with, with AJ have done a great job. You know, you can't knock it. You can't knock what, what he did last night. What he did last night was something that people didn't think he could do. And... He did it, and he's got his belts back, and he's a two-time heavyweight champion of the world. When talking about that added dimension and, and showing that for me and for a lot of other people, it, it, it was the ability to stick to such a rigid game plan or such a you know such a disciplined game plan throughout. Where does that leave him now in kind of your your top heavyweights in the world? Obviously, we've got Wilder Fury two coming up in February. Does it does this put AJ at the top of the tree? Do we still not know? What's your opinion on that? We don't actually know until they all fight each other. But I'll tell you what, it's a new dimension to him. It's a, it's a bolt onto him. 
and it's a completely different look. So that's only going to get better because they're not going to just that's one fight only, and you're not going to carry on working at it. So now he, when he goes into a fight, he's got the dimension where he can go in there and bully you and you do what he did, combination punching, beat you up, depending on that opponent. Or if he needs to, he can get on his toes and he can box. You know? Or he can do a mixture of both in a, in a fight. That's, it's, that's becoming a, a better all-round fighter. You know, we all thought it's just what you see with AJ is what you get. Quite stiff, robotic, quite mechanical, his punches, you know, bulky. He's got a different dimension to him. Listen, if, if, if that was Tyson Fury last night, putting on that boxing display, everybody going, everybody was calling it a masterclass. Everybody saying about, oh, oh, brilliant, absolute genius, this, this, this. Well, it's the same thing. You can't say it for one man, and the other man goes out and does the same sort of thing and, and change it for another man. You know, it's the same sort of thing. You're sure he's got another dimension to him. It's brilliant. Anthony Joshua's got the belts back now, which means inevitably mandatories will start to be called. I believe the IBF is going to be called first with Kubrat Pulev. I think that's general consensus is that's going to be the fight that happens. What do you make of that fight based on what we saw last night from Anthony Joshua? I like that fight. Um, that's a fight, I think, for, for Joshua. Because, he's, like I said, he's had one camp learning these new things. And then he's been disciplined enough to be able to do it in this fight. But for it to become more natural, and where, again, it'll, the more he does it, the less energy it'll take out of himself, and the more instinctive things will, will come along. So he's going to have another camp of doing what he normally does, but then doing these, these new parts of his game, the angles, the feints, you know, the, the foot movement. It's just going to become better and better at it. So a fight against Pulev, with Pulev's style, I think it's a perfect fight for him to build on what he did last night. The perfect style for him. And then after that one, then you can, you know, then we'll see what comes next. Final word on Dillian White, who made his return to the ring last night. Um, Laboured to a decision win over Marius Vac, but all things considered, got the win after what's been a pretty turbulent period for him. Listen, anyone that expected it, anything but a laboured sort of performance with what he's been going through for the last few months, doesn't understand boxing, doesn't understand people's mentality. You know, he's had a lot, a lot to go through. He's not been allowed to say anything, and they've still not been allowed to say what, what you know, everything. But what UCAD did is quite royally fucked up and ruined a man's reputation, right? Even, I, if you failed, you failed, right? He's, he's not in any way failed a drugs test. He's not failed a drugs test. And it's just how, the, how it got leaked. And then because of UCAD's stipulation that you're not allowed to say anything, because nobody's been able to say anything, when, somebody, when, when you hear that somebody's failed a drug test or, or an adverse finding in somebody's drug test, straight away you're going you're, you're gonna to be like, oh, shit. All we said all along is, I hope he's not failed. I hope when it comes out, it clears. But you can't come out and say, oh, he's 100% innocent, because you don't know. Because you don't know, people are allowed to say what they want to say. People are allowed to go on social media and tarnish somebody's name. And he's had all that to go through. And he's not been able to say anything. He's not been able to clear his name. You know? That's, that's, that's disgusting. That's disgraceful. You catch have come out and said something a lot sooner. Something should have been said a lot sooner. But... It's like when, when others have, have, have had these findings and it's take, well, you can, it, takes a, you know, it takes a year for them to come out and say this and saying that. It's just wrong. It's a flawed system you know? and it needs, it needs correcting. And I think you might see a few changes as far as, as, far as that kind of thing is concerned. You might see that. You know? It's all right. I can't, there's, there's, I, can't, I can't say stuff because then I'll probably get in trouble. But it needs it needs sort and it's not fair and and Dylan's had to go through that, having his name dragged through the mud, taking out of WBC rankings, losing his losing his shot, losing his slot, having everybody calling this that, and other, and the demons that he's had has had to go through. It's very hard. It's all right. People say, oh, you should still still stay in the gym, still stay in the gym, man. That's not humanly possible. You go in the gym to use it as a distraction. You can't go in the gym and focus on a, on a, on getting better. I'm going to be this. I'm going to. It's very hard because it's, it's, it's human nature, you know, because until it's the unknown and until things get, are allowed to be spoken about, when you're going through legal issues, it's very draining. Any sort of legal issues, you know, it's always draining. You know, people, people 
get drained when they're, they're buying an house and having to deal with solicitors that way. That's buying an house. You know, imagine your reputation, your career, everything like that, and, and you're fighting to clear your name and, and fighting to get things sorted. So I expected a Labour decision. He got the fight, he got the win. It's better that he fought because now it can kind of like, his back, he can put it all behind him and start moving on towards a better 2020. So he had to fight. You know, people go, oh, well, he shouldn't have fought then if he's out of shape. No, I think for his mind's sake, he had to fight more than anything else, more than, you know, physically. I think he had to fight. It's not that that weren't about building his career or you know how he's looking or anything like that last night. It was about his mindset, getting that put to bed. I'm back now because you can't say you're back until you fall. Right, I'm back. I'm fight. I'm a fighter again now, and you know look forward to see what happens in 2020. Okay, well, Dave Caldwell, always a pleasure. Um, thanks very much for speaking to Boxing Social, not just today, but throughout the week and throughout the year. Um, if I don't see you before Christmas, do have a lovely Christmas with your lovely family. Um, and I will see you in 2020. And you, hope you have a, have a great Christmas, good break. Thanks for all your work. Thanks for always interviewing me. Also, thanks for all the support to everybody that's given me and my fighters throughout the year. Been a bit of an up and down year, you know. Started off great, had a dip in spring. Well, you know, I've had Jamie back, Jordan back, um, Fowler back with two good wins, and now Opie Price, 2 and 0. So it's finished off a, a good year. So thanks for your support. Always appreciate it. Have a good Christmas. Have a great new year. Roll on 2020. Uh, Dave Caldwell, always a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks, Ben. Cheers, mate.